0: Andrew. Hey, guys. Checkity check. Okay, this is gonna keep sinking on me, so I might change this really quick. That's cool with you guys. Um, yeah, that one tightens. Yeah, I don't have the small, sleek technology that everybody else has, so yeah, it's a little heavy. <laughs> it's better than a desktop, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> cool. How is everybody? Oh, yeah, that's, that's very good. Marvelous. Good. I'm marvelous as well. Oh. Yeah. Hmm? Right here. Oh, those. Sorry, guys. Dude, there ain't no screw tough enough that I can't. awesome. So everyone's good. Man, the Lord is really, really, really sweet. I love like quiet acoustic worship, probably just as much as I love banging the crap out of the drums during worship, because it's really sweet. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, if you were here last time that I spoke, Um, I spoke about the presence of God, and what do you know, I'm going to do it again. I hope you don't mind. And we're also going to be in Exodus, this is the last week we're in Exodus, so if you want to open up your Bibles to Exodus chapter 24. um, Before we get started though, something really funny happened to me this week, Um, funny and sad. So (laughs) I came home from work, Um, me and Tosh were going to go, me and Tosh is my wife, call her Tosh. Um, we were going to Walmart to buy some cake mix to make a cake at 9.30 at night. And I get out of my car to walk into the apartment, and there are these three dudes in suits outside. Like, awesome, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> three dudes in suits standing outside. And, like, my first reaction was, don't say anything, just walk past. Like, that was the first thought in my head, because I was like, they're either, they're either Jehovah's Witness or they're Mormon. And so... <laughs> Um, I start walking And then, like, the Lord checked that in my head And I was like, no, be a little bold here And I was like, okay So, one of them stops me and's like Can we give you a card? And I was like, sure And they gave me a card And it was blank on one side And the other side had a bunch of different faces Like pictures, all different nationalities And all this stuff And then it said mormon.com I was like, I don't know who I'm dealing with And, um I still had no clue what I was going to say to them because I knew I didn't want to get into this, like, theological debate, which we could have, but they were like, have you had the chance of hearing the encouraging uh, message of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? I was like, yeah, I have. And they were like, oh, have you had the chance to read uh, the New Revelation, the Book of Mormon? I was like, yeah, I have. I was a theology student at Campbellsville University, and they're like, oh, that's great, that's great uh, what did you think about Jesus visiting the Americas? And I was like, well, I think he very well could do that. It doesn't say that in the Bible, which I think is the authoritative word of God, but if you guys want to, uh, we could get into the, into a debate, or we could meet Jesus right now. And like, that just came out of my mouth, and I was like, okay. (laughs) 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 Yeah, here we go. (laughs) And, uh, they were. I was like, do "You guys believe that we can meet Jesus now?" And they were like, y- "Yeah, yeah." And the way that they do things, there's an experienced missionary, and then there are a, a couple others that are not so experienced that they train, that go with them. And it was the unexperienced one that was. It was his like lesson, I guess, of confronting people. So I was like, and it came out again. I was like, "We can meet Jesus right now if you want to." I was like, "I'm not talking in an abstract way. We can meet Jesus." And then the experienced one was like, well, enjoy your time at Walmart. Because <laughs> early in the conversation, I told them I was going to Walmart to get cake mix, and they, were, they cut it off. Well, enjoy your time at Walmart. It's like, okay. <laughs> so I went up to the apartment and told Tosh about it. And I didn't really, and I thought about it for a little bit. And like their reluctance to that, partly it was, okay, this is another religion. Don't, don't get involved with them. And, but I think the bigger part was that's freaky. Right? Experiencing like actual experience with something like that that I can't see right now, or maybe if Jesus were to appear out of thin air, <laughs> if something like that were to happen, it would freak them out. Uh, it would freak a lot of us out. Um, so, yeah, that's actually what we're going to be talking about a little bit. I thought I'd open up with that. But I'll give a little background uh, before Exodus 24 in verses 9 through 11 is where we're going to be. Um, but back in Exodus chapter 20, God gives the Ten Commandments. Ooh, everybody knows those? Cool. God gives the Ten Commandments. Um, and when he gives them, he's in this huge cloud, dark cloud of smoke and fire. Okay? And the Israelites can hear him and see it, and they get freaked out. They get really scared. And they say to Moses, don't let God speak to us directly anymore. You, let him talk to you, and then you tell us what he says, or else we might die. Like If we hear God speaking directly to us, we might die. Um, so he does. Moses does that. God doesn't speak directly to them anymore. Um, he brings Moses back to the mountain and gives him three more chapters of law. So after the Ten Commandments, the Israelites say, whoa, that's freaky. You deal with it, Moses, and just tell us what he says. Moses goes back, and God gives three more chapters of law. Okay? So that's chapter 21, 22, and 23, which brings us to 24. We can do math. All right. So... In uh, Exodus 24, God tells Moses to bring Aaron, Nadab, Abihu, and 70 elders to come up the mountain. I hope I pronounced those names correctly. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Moses goes down. Uh, so after he gives the three chapters of law, he tells Moses to bring those guys up the mountain. Moses goes back down. He writes down the law, and he reads it to the people. So he tells the people what God told him. So at this point, it's just Moses dealing with the people. They say, we'll do all the Lord has commanded. And then uh, there's a uh, covenant, I guess you could call it ceremony, not ritual. I can't think of a good word for it right now. But then, uh, then Moses takes Aaron, Nadab, Abihu, and the 70 elders and goes up the mountain. And then that's where we are in verses 9 through 11. So let's go ahead and read those really quick. And we're just going to camp out here. Verse 9, it says, Moses and Aaron and Nadab and Abihu and the 70 elders of Israel went up and saw the God of Israel. Under his feet was something like a pavement made of lapis lazuli, as bright blue as the sky. But God did not raise his hand against these leaders of the Israelites. They saw God and they ate and drank so we're going to sit. That is absolutely packed. And by the way, when it says, they saw God, they saw God. That's why the phrase is in there, God did not kill them. He did not raise his hand against them because it's also said elsewhere that anyone who sees God will die. So this is a really interesting little section, and this is a really packed section. Um, the first thing I want us to draw from it, though, So God has given this law. Ten Commandments, even more law. And then God invites up Moses, the three guys, which I'll call them later, and uh, the 70 elders, to have a meal with him. The first thing I want to draw from that is that with, with commandment from God, with a command from God, comes an invitation into his presence all the time. When God asks you to do something, he doesn't ask you to do something and not give you the power to do it. And it's really significant that they had a meal. It's really significant that they had a meal. Um, Mealtime is actually the most, it's the most intimate of settings. It's conversational, it's nourishing. And it's, it's what friends do. Friends eat meals together. And it's really. Uh, really significant that it was a meal they were getting nourished they were getting filled okay it was a covenant meal with God there's so many layers to that but what I want to hit is they were being filled after God had given this law to them to uphold God won't ask you to do something without giving you the power to do it and the filling to accomplish it and some people say I've had a conversation with a few people about this and some people say well and I used to think this, it's the question of, well, what about my Christian duty to obey the law, even when I don't feel like it? Or what about my Christian duty to obey when I don't feel his presence? And there's a sense of like this joyless, divorce from relationship duty to do these things that God asks you to do, or that the Bible says, Okay. First, I think, and that's been turned into a virtue, really. It's been turned into a virtue, especially now when you don't feel like doing it, doing it anyway. And it can be in certain settings, but I don't think ever with the Lord. Getting out of bed in the morning when you don't feel like it to go to work, yes, that's good. But when God asks you to do something, he never throws you out there alone and says, Do it, or I'm going to smack you. He never throws you out alone. Duty apart from relationship with God was never the plan. Let me give you a little real world, this is real world, a real world example of this. Say, how many people are married in here? How many dudes are married in here? Okay. Girls, this is kind of for you too. (laughs) We're going to feel both sides of the coin here. So, guys, you're at work. And you decide, just out of the blue, I'm going to buy my wife some flowers. It's not your anniversary. It's not her birthday. It's not your birthday. It's not any special day. It's an ordinary Monday. And you say, I'm going to buy her some flowers. So you go to Walmart, because it's open. and (laughs) (laughs) And you pass by the $5 bouquets, and you go for the $10 bouquet. You go for the zinger. Twice the amount, twice the feeling. And you find, her favorite, you find her favorite flower, and you pick it out. Tasha's favorite flowers are daisies. And I hope I'm right, because <laughs> this is recorded. Tasha's favorite flowers are daisies. So you buy the flowers, you peel the sticker off so there's no sticky left on the little plastic bag. And you come home, and you could use your key to get in the door, but you decide not to. You decide, I'm going to be sweet, and I'm going to surprise her. And so you knock on the door, so she comes. She comes to the door, and she opens it up. She looks at the flowers. Her eyes light up. She looks at you. She looks at the flowers. She looks at you. She's like, this is so sweet. It's not even our anniversary. It's not even my birthday. What is, what's the occasion? Why'd you buy me flowers? And you, with a very serious, stern face, say, it's my duty as a husband. (laughs) And hand them out to her. (laughs) <laughs> you know what's going to happen next? You need to retract your arms and step back because she's going to slam the door. Okay? <laughs> it's the most ridiculous thing you can think of. It's the worst move you can do as a husband. Buy your flowers, take them home, and say, it's my manly, husbandly duty to buy these for you to make you feel good. That's ridiculous. Yeah, that's ridiculous. And that it's that same concept, though, when we... Divorce God's commands from a love of his presence. When we divorce the two, it's bad news. You can obey, though. You can obey law apart from presence. You can do it, um, at least for a little while. But you'll grow cynical, and you'll grow angry, and you'll turn into a people hater. You'll judge people by the extent to which they obey the law, and you'll grow to despise them. They'll they'll end up being two types of people. The type of people that don't obey the law as much as you. And them, they become your subordinates, and you start to distance yourself from them, and you'd be like, I don't want to fall into that. And then the other type of people is the people who obey from what you see more than you that are higher, that do more at church, that, that have a happier family life. And you look and you say, they can't be doing that. That's impossible. They can't be obeying more than me. I try so hard. There's got, it's got to be a facade. And you begin to alienate yourself from them as well, and you look at people and you nitpick. The same thing happened with the Pharisees and Jesus. They were so focused on the law Divorced from the actual presence of God, that it became, well, when Jesus and the disciples on the Sabbath, which would be Saturday, were walking, and they were hungry. And they ran their hands over some wheat to get some wheat and eat it. And the Pharisees saw it, pointed him out. You guys are working on the Sabbath. You guys are harvesting on the Sabbath. And when Jesus told the guy, he healed the guy, told him to pick up his mat and walk, he did it on the Sabbath. And the Pharisee said, You're working on the Sabbath, and you told another person to work on the Sabbath. Never mind the fact that somebody just got healed and now can walk. They're so blinded by obeying the rules that it became all about obeying the rules. A little side note here about the law. Um, I don't mean to make the law out to be the bad guy because it's not. But anything can become, anything can be turned into a lethal weapon. Anything. You can't take anything on a plane anymore. You can't take more than this much fluid on a plane because it can be turned into a lethal weapon. Anything can be turned into a weapon. And the quickest way to turn the law into a lethal weapon is to divorce it from the presence of God. That's the quickest way. And some people say, well, you can't be all presence and no law either. You can't just throw the law out. Well, I'm not saying throw the law out. That's that's true in a sense. You can't be all presence and no law. That's true in a sense. If you desire God, and follow me on this logic here. If you desire God over everything else, in his presence over everything else. And you're obeying the most important commandment that Jesus said is the most important commandment. Love God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. As we saw last time, if you hear here last time I spoke, the more time you spend in the presence, the more your heart is bent toward other people. So you're fulfilling the second part of that commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus also said that all the law and the prophets hang on those two commandments. Love God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. That happens, that just happens when you spend time in the presence of God. When, you're, uh, when the highest priority in your life, when your deepest desire is for more of the presence of God, everything else falls in line. It's like, it's so easy, it seems. It's such an, a simple concept to grasp. You guys with me on that? Everybody got it? Cool. So you're right. You you can't be all presence and no law because it's impossible. You spend time in the presence, you won't be lawless. Uh, In a word about the law as well. The law is not a bunch of rules. It's not, you can't do that because I know you like it. It's none of that. The law is actually the boundaries and the markers to show us, as Adam calls it, the good kind of life. It's setting up boundaries and saying, if you do this, this is going to happen to you, so don't do that. And it's not like um, God didn't create the law and say, I don't want you to do this, and then create consequences behind it. It was more of the reverse. Like, if if they do this, this is going to happen. So God says, don't do that. If you do this, this is automatically going to happen. If you sleep with your neighbor's wife, you're going to have a kid with her. Or if you sleep with your neighbor's wife, it's going to destroy your marriage. Or if you kill somebody, they're going to come after you. Or their family will come after you, the cops or whatever. <laughs> they're not going to come after you. No, no zombies. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a reason God said don't kill people. There's a reason God said don't commit adultery. And there's a reason that no standing zone signs exist. And a little story. As a kid, I got this brand new, awesome, incredibly awesome Batman shirt. I loved Batman. And it was like the muscle shirt that was cut off right here, had the big Batman emblem, and then it had Adam West like climbing up a wall. You guys remember that, like right here, and I also had the Batman shorts to match it, with the little Batman emblem here. And so, I (laughs) want—I'm not saying how old I was. (laughs) But I remember this very clearly. Me and my uh, mom—we went grocery shopping. She would take one kid with her each time she went out. It was kind of our like mommy date. Oh. We went grocery shopping. She took me to Save-A-Lot, and we were going through getting the groceries, and uh, I'm sporting my Batman stuff, and I'm feeling really cool, okay? And we, she's checking stuff out through the line, and then I look over at two aisles over, and I see this, like, really cute little girl, and it was okay, because I was a little boy. This really cute, <laughs> really cute little girl, and I was like, I want to impress this girl. I want to look so cool, and so I left the register and I went over to the wall and I look and there's on the floor no standing zone and I was like w-. and I looked around and I was like there's nothing here and so I lean up against the wall put my hands in my pockets and I'm sitting there and uh, I wait and this girl and her mom come out and they're walking out the door and we make eye contact and I was like oh man and I get nervous and I do this like scratch the back of my head And as they're walking through the door, the sliding glass doors open and go and close my arm in between the wall and the sliding door. And so I'm stuck in this position as they walk out. Then the door tries to close, but my arm is there. So it's like and it's rubbing rubber up and down my arm and it hurts really bad. And like it hurt so bad, I couldn't even scream mom, I was just like, and mom came over, long story short, there were about 30 people around, and the janitor had to come and pop the door out of the track to get my arm out of there, and I had rubber burns on my arm for two weeks. Yeah, there are reasons for laws, there are reasons for rules. I don't think we have a hard time understanding that. That was just a little funny illustration. I don't think it's hard to understand that uh, rules are there to protect us. Policemen back there, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, huh? I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> so, but what's, what, is, what is the good news in all of this? What is the law? What's, what's good about what we just talked about. What can we draw from this? (laughs) Everybody understands when he writes them tickets for their own good, you pay up. (laughs) Don't stiff the government will come after you. (laughs) So what's the good news? Back on track here. The good news is Spending time in the presence of God really takes care of everything. <laughs> it really does. He is that good. He is that good. He's not a genie in a bottle by any means. But he's not just <laughs> letters on a page either. You can't have a relationship with letters on a page, you can't ask letters on a page questions. You can't have a discussion with letters on the page. You can have a discussion with a person. You can ask a person questions. You can know a person, and a person can know you. That's really good news. And God wants to show us himself to the extent that we want him. He won't force himself in. But he wants to show us Show us himself to the extent that we want him. He's really, 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 really good. He really is. He's actually here. And he wants to know you. And he wants you to know him more. It's really that simple. And it's really great. And it's possible. Has anybody seen the video online of the glory cloud at Bethel? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like, yeah, it still happens. (laughs) God still shows up. He showed up tonight. He showed up this morning. This morning, who was here this morning? Everybody? Pretty much. Yeah. He's really good. Where's the ministry team? Who is the ministry team? Sam is the ministry team. Come on up, Sam. Yeah, here she is. One moment. It's okay if you can you can stand up here with me for a moment.